0: September 18, 2020 is so I for Pedro show. Pedro Show. Happy Friday. Yeah, usually I don't do shows on Friday. Usually, I'm, well, since March I've been doing three shows a week, but this week I'm doing four shows because I got special guests here, uh, Josh Klingerhoffer and uh, Bob Forrest from the Thelonious yeah. Monster because they got a, a, a release coming. And in fact, we started the show off with John Co-Train with uh, Kenny Burrell. Kind of trippy album for John Coltrane because he didn't record with a lot of guitar players, but with Josh, I thought it was appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I born? Is the name of the tune. I got Seaman Pedro Dezo's daddy uh, booked a gig at this Tell downtown. It was new at the time, and uh, Kenny Burrell, what a guitar man! And and then uh, the Bicycle Thief, which is Bob and Josh uh, doing a, bo- a boy at a bus stop. Wow. Okay, uh, let let's. You know, Josh has been on the show before, and he talked about his musical history. But, Bob, we've never had you on. I think Josh yeah. was on like 10 years ago, though. It was quite a while yeah, ago.
1: But yeah, it was even longer than that, I think. I was looking at an old calendar book the other day, and I saw when it was. I'll, I'll look it up while we talk.
0: Okay, maybe 12? Okay, something like yeah, that. Some,
1: yeah. yeah, something like that. But I, remember I you we, dr- we did it at Brother Matt's That's place. right.
0: You drove down to Pedro. Yeah. By the way, Carla Basilech sang the song Drove Up from Pedro that I wrote. Yep, me and Bob Force was talking uh, uh, before about the, the modern
2: modern right. recording world of file sharing and internet, and that that Carla and I sang on a song though we were never in a room together. It's crazy,
0: and it was via an Italian connect, which is yeah, across it was, the it it ocean went from Big Sur.
2: Me and Xander Sloss recorded an acoustic record in Big Sur. The guy who produced it, I Am Brennan, lives in Italy. He took it back to Italy, overdubbed it, sent the file to Carla. She put the vocals on it, went back to Italy, and then it came to me. And I, I it was it was like a miracle. Yeah. It's like a miracle what you can do,
0: Mike. That's right. So I want to hear anybody sitting on their hands and like aching and pissing and, and moaning about this fucking uh, situation with the COVID-19. Yeah, it's fucked up, but there's still shit we can do, people. Josh has already made a whole
2: album. See that? He just made an album, right,
0: Josh? Yeah, yeah. Those guys, uh, that there's a bass and drum, you know, actual bass and actual drum. Uh, called the, they're called the L-10. They just made a triple album. And my friends <laughs> in Galextasy out in the desert, they made 16 albums in this period.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, now, they're I mean.
0: improvised, okay? So, you know, a little Coltrane trip there. Uh, but look, look, let's... I'm curious, Bob, about your journey through music. What's your earliest musical recollection?
2: The Minutemen, of course. How can you fucking live in L.A. and not be mesmerized and taken by you and your guys? And it was just a magical time, 1983, I think.
0: But you don't don't Um, have any memories as a boy growing up? Yeah, yeah I do we'll, but, we'll bring but it.
2: talking to you always brings these ideas of all the hundreds of show I must have seen you guys a hundred times like <laughs> remember you played at the LA music scene downtown and Street you were playing on a, on a flatbed truck yep and Dennis was jumping up and down and the thing was bouncing on the tires yes. of the thing. Get it was one of the greatest things ever. Me and Keith Morris are standing there like, look at this. Yes. Dude, this
0: is, this is what life is all about. That got painted at the Trader Joe's here in Pedro. You're kidding. <laughs> I shit thee not, man. I mean, I, I saw it in there and was like, what the fuck? I mean, obviously they, they did it from a picture, but what a trip. Uh, but, but yeah, where'd you when grow up a as kid, a boy? When
2: yeah. I was a kid, I had three older sisters, and and so I really, even though I was born in sixty one, I remember the Beatles on Ed Sullivan because my sisters were screaming in the living room, and I and I, the album that I remember is Pet Sounds. My sisters were obsessed with that. Wouldn't it be nice? And, and God only knows. And so sixty seven, sixty eight, I was like, you know that perfect situation where I got teenage girl older sisters just blasting music all, all the time in the house I remember the day Abbey Road came out my sister got it and was playing it in the living room and my dad lost his mind and said you listen to that in your bedroom god damn it <laughs> now, <laughs> you know
0: was, what I mean? was there so any instrument a- were there any instruments in the pad yeah my mom played
2: organ which you know is right up your alley <laughs> and we so we had a big organ and they'd get drunk and they'd play I don't know old Irish songs or weird, drunken songs. My mom would play organ. Now,
0: did you and, ever get on it, Bob? Did you ever jump on that organ?
2: Yeah, I used to. Well, I like the foot pedals, and it, it'd make your lower region feel good
4: hey, when yeah. I was a boy. Bass, <laughs> bass. Now, right? what was the it first record? It was a record? real
2: organ. And why, you would know this, My parents come from the Midwest, from Minnesota, and they called a den, which is what we all in California call the den, like the second living room or whatever. They called it a rumpus room. So in the rumpus room was a jukebox and an organ and a bar. And every Friday night at our house, something was going on.
0: Whoa. What was the first record you bought for yourself with your own money?
2: I'm embarrassed to say you know, this has been haunting me forever. This is a question they ask, like a pitchfork and all these different things, and I've I've sometimes lied. But the actual truth is Frampton comes alive.
0: <laughs> I remember when that came out. I graduated high school that year. Uh, what uh, what Did was you? yeah? What was the first San Pedro High School class '76? What was the the first gig you went to?
2: First gig was Kiss at Anaheim Stadium. Whoa. I remember that. I remember seeing that. I think ZZ Top played, too. It was it was amazing. I sat way up on the top deck in the Anaheim Stadium. Like, yeah. a, you know, you might as well have been at home to see Kiss. But it was, it was amazing.
0: <laughs> no, me and my buddy Tony saw the Animals Pink Floyd thing in the same seats at the very top of that
2: fucking thing. <laughs> very, you know, because people, I, I was scared. I was like, what was I, 15?
0: Yeah. You
2: know, it's like holy shit, there's 50,000 people here.
0: What what about grade um, school? What about grade school? Were you in the choir, the marching band? Yeah,
2: I was in the choir, men's glee club, all my growing up. First, I went to Catholic school, and I was in the choir in Catholic school. Then I went to secular high school, and then I was in the men's glee club. So that's why I learned how to sing. And that's also because I was a pretty good singer and could harmonize or whatever, yeah. Um, I got to be in this, you know, in the like the advanced glee club that toured around California and stuff. And it, I was a freshman. It was all seniors. And the seniors turned me on to all kinds of music because you want to like be cool and be like the older guys. Sure. And they were listening to Jeff Beck Wired and
3: blow
2: by um, blow. Uh, what was that? The West Bruce and Lang. Remember that? Yeah, band? Yeah. Why Bruce don't you?
0: It was called Why Don't You? What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it was Corky. I Lang. Just bought whatever, whatever. It was Wesley, Wes, and Corky. Guys said to buy. I bought them. It was Wesley. And, and, you know. It was Wesley. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of their names. It was Corky Lang. And uh Jack Bruce. Jack Bruce from Cream, but the other two guys were from Mountain. Oh, Leslie yeah. West. Leslie well, West.
2: Leslie West. And yeah, Corky West. Yeah.
0: Why don't you? And they had their heads coming out of little clouds, I remember. I saw them at the Long Beach Arena. Look look, Dude, look. Re-
2: records are just a, a way of life. I was at a record store yesterday, you know. I want to give a shout out. The Glasshouse Record Store in Pomona is open every day. Yeah. It's good so job. great.
3: Good you know
2: you gotta got have vinyl and, and and records and it's just amazing i still do it every day that's what josh and i click because he's like a throwback to our era What he's he's got he's got to have every record
0: correct josh klinghoffer
1: uh, yeah I'm, just, I'm trying to shed that illness but <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: that's okay it's a disease worth having like curiosity right i want to play hurt
4: Well, you can't hurt me cause I'm unhurtable, and you can't scare me cause I'm unshakable and you can't touch me cause I'm unreachable and you can't get me cause I'm unforgettable. Yeah, I've decided I'm not going through it again. Yeah, I made my night up. I'm not going to So so please don't give it, cause I can't take it I made my bed, now I'm gonna lay in it I've decided
3: Hehehehehehehehehe
5: For the madman, sing for the thief. It's a shame I am getting used to my full time disbelief. Accounting the blessings while I am still alive. sing 18 secrets to to a weak night cry and i'll meet you at the narrow while there from a sinkhole with basaltic fangs and if we somehow make it will you walk with me on the boardwalk with the beggars down on the orange the orange lid Bye. guards pass through the turnstiles for another night. In the distance, I hear the sandbar fighting with with the tide. And I woke up in the lobby to a world turned black and white. about the gloaming and the peace in my, my brother's eyes, goodbye.
0: Show, that was Hurt from The Bicycle Thief. Then we had Dreka, brand new. Sense of the Senses. Uh, Bogdan Rzinski after that with Duga Podos with <laughs> Chumarach. Yeah, my slav ain't too good. Sorry. Forgive me. Uh, his I, name is, is it, Alive yeah. with Model Home doing Late Night Dub. Few signal from her uh, solo record. Uh, Abska, goodbye, Abscon from Will Johnson, his new record. Thorn and his friends, brand new. Off her, her meds out of austin and finally it's all right by the bicycle thief so uh bob i gotta ask you did you ever do the thing like the bed uh, after school the bedroom band the basement band the garage band thing with your buddies
2: yeah we tried but me and my friend jimmy that lived next door we didn't really know we got we had acoustic guitars around and we would just bang them i started using it as percussion like because i couldn't really figure out chords i was like nine or ten and so we would just use them as percussion, and we kind of just played drums on acoustic guitars, and we would sing, you know, whatever KHJ hit songs of the day were. Okay, pushing too okay. hard, remember that song? Sure. You could play that with just drums. You're pushing too hard, you're pushing yeah. on me. Uh, na, that's, na, na. Uh, <laughs> they were called... Uh,
0: so it's just the rhythm. They were called the Seeds. The seeds, right? Right, right. Sky Saxon. Sky Saxon used to hang out. Uh, yeah, remember he was at, at some of the early punk gigs. He was yeah, at Rogi. all kinds of places. The Tropicana right. Hotel was his big. But you know
2: how there's certain songs from that era when I was growing up that all you really need to do is is stomp your feet and you can sing it. Like it was that was one of the, <laughs> my favorite songs of the chi- in childhood. Because okay. it was just like, you're pushing too hard, you're pushing on me, you know? like And you got little two little nine-year-old boys singing that. It's right. So now, 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 did you,
0: you and Jimmy do gigs? No. What was the first band that you <laughs> no. did gigs with? The first gigs I did
2: bands with was with Chris Hansen and the, that ended up, we were in Thelonious Monson okay. for 35 years. We were in high school together and we formed a band called Capitalist Pigs Incorporated. Very much modeled on public image. We were very obsessed with public image. The first public image album.
3: Did you see that gig?
2: we, We played at Golden West College where we went to school And uh, we played some parties and uh, and that's what led to my musical career, because I really was going to be a guitar player. I could play guitar good enough, probably as good as I can now, like G to C to D. Derf Scratch taught me how to play guitar, by the way.
0: And uh, by the way, I bought my first Fender P bass from Derf Scratch. He was his parents were selling real estate in Santa Monica on the beach. And I remember the recycler, the pink paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and answered the phone number and he sold me a Fender P for 300 dollars. It's that black one on the inside of double nickels on the dime. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. Did you see the public image gig at the Olympic auditorium? Yeah,
2: I was there scared shitless. I still had long hair then. I was scared shitless.
0: (laughs) There was a lot of spit at that gig. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that was when the, that was when the tire hit the road, wasn't it, Watt? No, you yeah. You had yeah. choose sides at that thing.
0: There was a dude here from Pedro that was kind of square, John. You know, he didn't know about the the movement or anything, and he went to the gig with us, and he had broken his leg and he ate some L, and he got into the music so intense he stomped his fucking cast off. So we called him Adam oh, Barnstomp after that. Yeah, he stomped broke a broken leg. What Adam stomp because he stomped his fucking cast off. <laughs> Dude, that was was that a
2: life changing gig for you? Yeah, that it was, was good one. John jo, jo Wobble
0: was really good. I think they had Martin Atkins on the drum, and the guitar Levine, man was Levine, Keith Levine, Keith Levine, right?
2: Right. Not, not, and if you remember, who opened that gig? Los Plugs, Plugs. and the Kipper the Kipper Kids. The Kipper remember kids. the Kipper Kids?
0: Yep, yep. Bette Midler. One of Bette Midler's. Uh, Maybe your husband. Yeah, husband. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm at the My mass, favorite. too. In fact, Georgie threw a, uh, took the bottle of ketchup out of the dude's hand. He was lifting up his little uh, you know, little thing, hiding his cock. And uh, he <laughs> had a, a, a bottle of uh, ketchup. And Georgie like, squirted the ketchup on him and shit. We were drunk. Right. Yeah. yeah, we were drunk. L- look, look. How'd you meet Josh? I was
2: sitting. I, I had gotten off drugs. You know, I have a pretty extensive
0: drug history. And
2: I was... Um, at my girlfriend, who had just gotten sober, too, at her parents' house, who was staying at her parents' house. I was 34 years old and hopeless and helpless and lost and just trying to stay off of heroin. I was sitting in the kitchen drinking coffee, and this ball of energy walked in the front door and just looked at me and says, Brian here? And that's my girlfriend's brother. And I was like, I think so. And he just pointed down the hall at Brian's bedroom, and then he walked down and went in the kid's bedroom and my girlfriend came out, and I said, some kid just came in here, who, like really weird, strange energy. And she goes, that's probably Josh. That's a kid I tell you is a great drummer. You should talk to him about forming a band. That's how I met Josh Klinghoffer.
1: You took a chance on me. What's your memory, a
0: drummer. Josh was a drummer then. I didn't know that. But you know what? If you could play drums, you can play fucking anything, I think. The big mistake the Minutemen made was putting George Hurley in the back. That motherfucker should have been right up front, like I do now. Uh, right. jo- Josh, what's your memory? <laughs> yeah. of do you re- do you remember seeing Bob Forrest when he was thirty four years old?
1: Yeah, around then. Uh, I I I remember more. Um, I mean, I guess I would probably blew by you at that at that time, but I I don't know if we met that time. No, we right? didn't
2: so, meet that time. But I I felt your energy.
1: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> That you still have to this day, by the way.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> I, wh- so when do we meet? Did I just come down to your place after you gave me a call, or did we meet for the first time at that monster gig at Delancey Street? Is that when? Yeah, The. Yeah.
2: was it Delancey Street? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So you know Delancey Street, what, that, uh, that drug program, that big, huge drug program off the Hollywood Freeway?
0: No, but Vermont. I know about Delancey Street that leads to the Williamsburg Bridge in New York City.
2: Yeah there's it started there in in the 50s as a rehab and
0: now there's one in LA.
2: Okay. And Flea got Flea got involved with helping and you know donating money and and helping the program and so he uh he said, "Hey, you know, we should we should play a gig for these people at Delancey Street." And I said, why aren't Chili Peppers playing? He goes, oh, we can't. So then uh, that, uh, we got Thelonious Monster back together with Flea playing bass, and we played at Delancey Street, and I think Brian and Josh came,
1: right? Yeah, and John played that, too.
2: Oh, John played it, too.
1: Yeah.
2: And so that was, yeah, that was the beginning. you talking
1: John Fusanti? Yeah, that was January of 2000 and uh, – of 97. January of 97. Yeah. That, that's when I would have met you. It was like January 3rd or 4th.
2: Yeah, how old were you on that day, Josh
1: Klinghoffer? Ninety-seven. Um, my math is slow. I was probably seventeen.
2: Seventeen Whoa. years old, what? But he was—he was wasn't really playing. He was a
1: gig goer, right? <laughs> I, I wasn't. I was. I was just starting to play guitar, kind of at that point. And then Bob and I started playing together about six months later. Now, right? I, I, how'd yeah, that started... How that happened? How did that happen? I think because well,
2: I, I can that, tell you, it's. So, uh, you know, Thelonious Monster was a band that played in a room, like all bands in the mid-80s, right? What? So you got in a room, and everybody just jammed, and then you came up with songs. And and it, eventually it evolved into, like, I kind of write a song, and then we kind of jam it out and work it out. And that was the way I wrote songs. I didn't know how to – you couldn't really put a band together of five people and go jam and play, and then all will write a song. So I started just playing, writing songs on acoustic guitar, but I'm not very imaginative or know a lot of chords or how to make songs, you know, open up like a flower is what I always say. What well, you know what band I try to model my songwriting after and it never works? Meat puppets. Oh, I yeah. always call. There's like a chord with the Meat Puppets where the whole song opens up like a flower, like it's the most beautiful thing. The way he. Um, unfolds his songs. And so I tried to do that, but I can't do it on my own. So then Josh was playing acoustic guitar and he he could do it. I could have a song like Heard or 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 Boy at a Bus Stop or Serial Song and he could make it into this thing like that opens up like a flower is the only way I know how to describe it. Bob, and so Bob. we started writing songs immediately. Yeah, yeah, Bob, I want to know he, could, he couldn't play guitar that
0: good. <laughs> yeah, but Bob, I want to know the first song you wrote with Josh, please
2: what what what? i'd tear it out josh is that what it
3: is
1: yeah maybe a song that we never finished or never put out because yeah. bob, bob had, had a couple songs already before i came around so that's what we worked on first so the first one we wrote together was either this song that hasn't come out ever called i tear it out or maybe it's all right would have been around there too yeah
0: it's all right and, and what what happened did it open up like a flower
2: it certainly does boy at a bus stop does that was like when I realized like we can do this just the idea was what and you remember that era 97, 98, 99. it was the era of Beck like Beck works with people, but he's the songwriter and then you create these song like almost like tapestries of, of a song. and so that's what me and Josh were going to write the songs and then create those those things behind that fill out the song.:
0: Yeah, well, you guys think in rhythm section? Well, I we thought Josh would
2: play drums. So, like, we had a drummer and a semi guitar player. We just had to figure it out. <laughs> okay,
0: okay,
1: okay. And I, I had never been in a band before, really, a serious band. So, all, and I was obsessed with, as maybe a, a young person might be. For him to be i was obsessed with the idea of doing everything live and doing everything like you used to do it so when we were making this record and we were just the two of us and we had we had hooked up with these two guys to kind of produce it with us i was still trying to make everything sort of live sounding and get in a room and play and uh do as much of that as we could so we did we did have uh kevin fitzgerald from the fibbers play play drums yeah, a little yeah. Bit. you know he's originally from alaska Yes, I know. yes, he's
0: back. He went back there, I think. Is that right? I, I, I heard he went back to Alaska. Wow, I heard though he's kind of lame if, if, if it, when it comes to driving the van, like he will not <laughs> ask for directions. One time Carla Boszcz was in the boat with us on tour, and I stopped and asked some dude at the gas station. She says, "I'm having a heart attack," and I said, "Why? Because Kevin Fitzgerald would never do that." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, I don't like fucking wandering." <laughs> Bob, well, Bob, I love. Bob
1: I love, definitely I, had, Bob and Kevin definitely disagreed with how to how to treat the band. Tr-
2: had a tour for <laughs> sure. That was bumping moments I love Kevin though. I love because Kevin. What, what? What? Here's what happened in the old days. We were modeling. Everybody just modeled after. And I don't know if people realize how instrumental SST and in the bands were. But w- what you guys established and all the rest of us just followed. And what I liked about going on the road was meeting people and like getting lost and maybe even missing a gig because you ended up in El Paso or something. <laughs> it was just like the wild I West. got.
0: We got to give credit to Black Flag. They were the dudes who wrote the Bible. They Look we're, were, at the, the, we're at the end of the were first the hour. We're at the end of the first hour, September 18, 2020, Dishwap for Peeper Show. Special guest Bob and Josh, hold tight for our two. September 18, 2020, it's the second hour of The Watch for Pedro
4: Show. Well, look at you. You're walking on down the street. And you are finally free. But you're crying. And look at me Well I got what I wanted I am free now I'm not drowning But something feels wrong Or oh, something's just terribly wrong I feel horrible I got what I wanted though Well I can go golfing now can talk to girls, and probably won't, and you can stay with your friends, tell them what an asshole I am, they already believe that, and now I deserve it, cause something feels wrong, or something just terrible. stuff now. You just want to make sure that I'm not here. Well, I can't believe, I can't believe you're being so strong now. Cause it feels like it's all. It don't matter what you want We're going down Science took a religion And women want to be men Money is all that matters And money is all there is And I just can't stop thinking Don't from within And in a love affair with find bit of What did you do? this luxury apart. Why does the apathy keep growing from the bottom to the top? Hey, just cause you don't care, don't mean you're not to blame. We're going down. Yeah, and it don't matter what you've heard, we're going down. Yeah, it don't matter what you think, we're going What you want, we're going down So let's get started Let's just get started
2: these songs are depressing Watt. lot, because uh, I kind of follow the model you know, Paul Westerberg. They asked Paul Westerberg one time, how come all his good songs are always so sad? And he said, who wants to sit around and write a song when you're having fun?
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know what? I heard, though, it was uh, Tommy's brother's band. Yeah, it was.
2: Well, yeah, Westerberg was walking home as a janitor, and they were playing. They were already a
0: band. Bob, the replacement. Bob, Bob. Bob uh, uh, Stinson. Yeah,
2: Stinson and Tommy and Chris had a band. I think they had a singer. Okay. And and Paul Westerberg was, uh, he told me he was a janitor and he was walking home and he heard this band playing in some garage and he just crept around and looked inside and he knew them from the neighborhood and then he decided, like, you know, I need to be in a band over being a janitor.
0: Okay. So I'll take it over.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then that so a lot of the bicycle thief songs are kind of sad and you know sl- so so you slow got a, you got a, you're,
0: you say you got a Paul Westerberg uh influence. Yeah,
2: I got a Paul Westerberg kind of thing. Okay. Like I I mean I have I have happy songs in Thelonious monster, but they're mostly happy about getting drunk and going out. And so this this new me was not going to write songs about getting drunk and going out and having fun. So it was more introspective and more about what was going on in my life and what happens after the fall and stuff like that. The main thing that you'll like, and I, 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 there's a song called Serial Song,
0: right? And you're a big, actually two of them. We got a live version and a studio version.
2: Okay. So Serial Song was a conscious effort of me. So I gave up my life for heroin. I was ended up homeless for two years, living in MacArthur park and it was really fucked up. And I, I remember all the great songs that Iggy had and Lou Reed had and the Stones had about how great drugs are. And I thought, how come nobody writes songs about how fucked up drugs are? Right. (laughs) And I consciously wanted to write a song about what the truth is of being a heroin addict, not the romantic notion of Velvet Underground or, you know, I wanted just to put it really on paper. And, and declare, like, this is what it really is. You end up with no teeth, no place to live, everybody hates you, and you wish you could die, but you're too scared to die. I wanted to write a song that described that part of drug addiction, and I think I did pretty good, because Steve Earle told me it was the greatest song about
0: heroin addiction he ever heard. He just lost his boy. I know. So <laughs> fucked up. You know what? John Coltrane wrote A Love Supreme as a prayer for thank you for getting me off the shit the year I was born, right? Two weeks. Pre-13. Right. Look, I got to tell people, we start off the second hour with Off Street Park and Bicycle Thief And Sam Bennett, please sing my song when I'm gone. Who had the time? Samuel Ward, Chrome, Submachine. Crack and the One-Armed Baby by Punk as a Doornail. Vermes de Limbo, Do Limbo out of uh, Brazil with uh, Impro 3. And finally, the Bicycle... A thief with aspirations aspirations sounds positive Bob
2: yeah well it's about you know I noticed in my son I have a 34 year old son Elijah and I noticed how mediocre the education system was when when you know that song was written and how everything is becoming mediocratized and strive for normal there's all this striving for normal and i was trying to encourage him and his friends like don't strive for normal drive strive for exceptional or fucking outlaw or outside the lines don't you you know what i'm talking about why absolutely it seemed like the society was saying we got enough marlon
0: blandos we got enough marlon blandos (laughs) <laughs> josh oh, that's it can i ask that's, josh that's like something, a love
2: bob? letter to my son like fuck this fuck what they're telling you yeah live your life
0: can i ask josh something yeah josh what was the first gig you played with bob
1: like uh, um well i i was i was unsure if i was allowed to be in the room because it was at the Opium den i think and i was underage so uh uh, I, just kept, I just kept being fearful. If I went outside to smoke, I wouldn't be able to get up, back in. But it was uh, it was me, Bob and and Dick Denny, and uh, uh, I think Bob and I had only met really a week ago, or a week before that. So yeah, it was it was insane. How many practices? How many practices? Uh, one, just one. Whoa! <laughs> it, it was it crash? It was, and that was pretty much the day where I told myself, "Okay, I guess you're a guitarist now." I, I really hadn't admitted that to myself yet. I was still a drummer, so wow. I was doing the guitar in front of other people. So I guess I had to be a guitarist.
0: Here, I want to play. Yeah. I want to play serial song because Bob brought it up.
4: What has it gotten me? Just so deep I can't chew my main in your work. Yeah, where has it gotten me? I'm 35 years old now. Work in a fucking restaurant. town killed or they packed up and gone and why i'm still here is a question and the answer's unknown but the cars keep the drive
1: of that place in ventura
0: it was called the plant before that was called the blah blah cafe <laughs> i have the weirdest image after the gig one of those plant gigs the singer vario speedwagging coming up to d boone and rapping after the gig about how he could relate to us his- <laughs> <laughs> and just looking at that guy talking to d boone and d boone was you know respectful and listening to him and his hair was so big and so little. <laughs> Kevin Cronin, his name is. That's right, that's right. Okay, Serial Song by the Bicycle Thief. After that was The Born Shitstirrers with Politically Uncorrectable. bombers. Prendon out of integers, a DC band that never did gigs, just made cassettes. Kim Salmon and Spencer P. Jones, uh, underclass, uh, Spencer was with the Beast of Bourbon and uh, Cancer killed him. It's fucked up. Oh. Yeah. Too many... Uh, Brian, too, the bass man from that band, Lost Cancer. A- 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 Abr- A- Abramson Kane with uh, track two from Death Rattle. Uh, that's uh, Pat from uh, Model Home uh, when he was blowing sacks. Uh, v- uh, brand new from Flying Vipers with Devil's Harvest. And finally, The Bicycle Thief with L.A. Co- no LA Country Hometown Blues. What's that right.
4: about, Bob?
2: That's, speaking of
0: death. That's about all
2: our fallen friends. Halal, Top Jimmy, uh, you know, so many friends from the Cathay era, gone. And, and I kept asking myself, why do I still live here? Like, all, most of my, a lot of my friends are dead. And then most the ones that were successful moved away from Hollywood. And I was still living in Hollywood, what, 30 years. Hmm. 30 years in Hollywood.
0: East Hollywood. That's a tough shift. Tough shift right. to pull, <laughs> tough shift to pull. But uh,
2: hey, hey, you're one that can tell people because I try to tell people all the time. You remember how great Top Jimmy and the Rhythm Pigs were? Absolutely. Were they the greatest live band? They Carlos, so Carlos,
0: guilty on the bass. It,
2: it's hard to describe, right? I try to tell people like, and they made one record. It doesn't really capture it. It's good, but it doesn't capture it. There was just every Monday night at the cafe, It was like. Wow, wow, it's like seeing The Doors or something, it's like seeing Merle Haggard, it's just like crazy, and you saw it many times, Watt.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, Top Tommy, Randy worked at Top Taco or some shit. Yeah, yeah, on uh, LeBraya. Yeah, right, and the the spiel was, uh, get your drunk on and be somebody. (laughs) <laughs> right he'd start every gig off with that
2: that was his motto be drunk and be somebody and, and yeah
0: and then and then at the end of the gig i remember this gig at hong kong cafe chinatown uh at the end you know everybody's bailed and shit he's going over all the empty beer bottles and shit drinking them down, you know, oh, <laughs> oh my god spitting out cigarette butts and shit yeah. well that
2: reminds me of Gibby. So, you know, as as touring, you start to establish these friendships with different bands, right? You right. had your bands that you were friends with. I had yep. bands that I was friends with. And the Buttholes and Gibby were like my best friends. I couldn't wait to get to Austin, right? Right. And so I wake up in this hotel, and Gibby is there, and he's taking all the beer cans and, and pouring them into a glass, like a Motel 6 glass. And I was like, what are you doing? And he goes, just getting a, a one good glass of beer, Bobby. <laughs> And I was like, and and like cigarette butts would be inside, <laughs> and then he'd scrape them
0: out. Oh man! <laughs> like, oh yeah, right. My God. And I hear because people like call those the good the old days. Drinking
2: leftover beer from last night.
0: Yeah, right. Top Jimmy was more particular; he wanted only a couple hours old. Look, we're at the end of the <laughs> hour too. September 18 twenty twenty, dishwap Peter, so special guest Josh Bob. Whole time fire free. September 18, 2020. It's third hour of the Watch for Pedro show.
3: Hope you don't
4: mind if I just sit here. I've been off the beaten track for a long, long time Don't know if I was misled or just got lost But I know nothing's ever, never gonna be the same again Because everything is just closing in Well, I don't know that I have one single friend Not one single friend My mom thinks I need religion I think I need a shower and something to eat Can I bum another cigarette Thanks for listening to me No, I don't like to steal But I've got me And I know nothing's ever Never gonna be okay Well, I don't know. Staying home and having none I can't get over how she set me free Oh, lonesome me. Bad mistakes I'm making by just hanging around I know that I should go out now and paint the town I'm a lovesick fool who's blind and just can't see Oh, lonesome me, well I bet she's not like me, she's out there fancy free, flirting with everyone in town, but I still love her so, and brother don't you know, I'd welcome her right Lonesome blues Forget about the past And go find somebody new I've thought of everything From A to Z
0: for pedro show start off third hour with boy at a bus stop this time it's the rough vs 880 mix which was actually the demo bicycle thief then we had uh, crane doing golden age bronze age ufo out of a Baltimore with boys will be voids part b the hawk from iowa city jibsons who's living there ron Emery from tsol
2: yeah, yeah, he's got right. some house that he re- redid. That's yeah.
0: right, that's right, great cat. And he made it through a drug hell.
2: Yes, respect. he did.
0: Yeah, great cat. I've always, him and Jack, Mike too. We lost Todd, shit. Anyway, yeah. the Bicycle Thief with the lonesome, oh, lonesome me. Sorry about that. Look, Let's talk about this new record that Chris, uh, you know, hit me to and got you guys connected. I'm so glad you're on the show, by the way, because you're both beautiful. But tell me about this Thanks. this this bicycle thief record that's just it's coming out tomorrow, right?
1: Yep. Twenty-first. Yeah, twenty-one years old. Twenty-one years late. Oh, it's
0: coming out twenty-first, uh, Monday. Okay. Yeah. And it's been twenty-one years since we made it. Well, you know what Orson Welles said? His last gig, I right? Want, uh, I wanna know. No wine before it's time. <laughs>
1: Was that when he was plugging Paul Masson? Yeah, two buck <laughs> chuck with a screw yeah, yeah. on cap. ninety
2: nine, two
0: buck chuck. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so let, let's hear about this twenty one year
1: old story.
2: Go ahead, Josh. Well, I
1: don't, well, we made it. Well, we made this record in a in a time when vinyl wasn't really on anybody's mind, I guess. So you know, we uh, we made it. We we had some. Some friends, you know, put, or, you know, Bob had all these wonderful people uh, who, who were anxious to you know, hear what he was up to now. So Paul from Golden Voice put this record out for us and, you know, it did whatever it did at that time. But um, people have just kind of held on to it and continued to listen to it and have a special place in their heart for it. And uh, yeah, so it's never really never really went far and wide but it never really went away either so now that vinyl's back uh chris we this uh wonderful fella from new york uh decided to to print it print up a couple vinyl copies of it because
2: he loved it as a kid what he um he he was a big chili pepper fan in high school right and he heard about this connection to me and the chili peppers And so he got the Bicycle Thief record like 15 years ago, six years after it came out, and he loved it, and it became his favorite album. And so he contacted me via the World Wide Web and said, hey, this has never come out on vinyl. I have a record label. I would put it out on vinyl if you want to. And I called Josh, and I said, this kid wants to put Bicycle Thief out on vinyl. And he was like, you're kidding. And so that's what led us to to this. And it was only like eight months ago
0: that he reached out to me. Now, see how fast things can happen? Also, I
1: think
0: think another lesson to be learned is don't ever give up, right? 21 years. No wine before it's time. Now, is there any difference between that version 21 years ago and this version?
1: Uh no not not really that I think um I think this is the original version that came out we there um we had a weird thing happen where the record got kind of a, a new licensing deal not too long after it was released originally and it came out a year after the original release with two extra songs so there is a different version of it but this is the original version
0: okay and it's the first time vinyl period
1: yeah the first time vinyl
0: wow now how long did it take you guys to record that thing? Twenty-one years ago. Uh,
1: I don't know, a couple months. Not not that long. I mean, like you know, no, a month or so. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. it
2: wasn't that long to make it to write it. You know, we, you know, that that machine that you're talking about. That's the title of, on the song, the the version. We like recorded it all with that machine, like pretty much. Right, Josh. It was pretty much like the album. Then we yeah. went and recorded that with with real live instruments in a studio yeah we, just, we like, recreated it
1: we we met these two guys uh mark huttner and josh blum and they and they were uh starting to produce records so the four of us kind of teamed up and we just had a good time with no real time frame demoing and just coming up with the best way to make these songs whole make some uh, most of them bob wrote and just, and just kind of taking them to a a new new sonic territory, I guess, and we we rented an office overlooking Macarthur Park, and we would just go there every day at around after, after work, dinner. like at six you know, o'clock, eight we thirty at, at night, because we had to get in the building before nine o'clock before they locked the door, and then we could stay in there all night if we wanted. But we had to like one a couple times, I left something in the car, and I'd have to go down and keep the door propped open. Yeah, and have
2: to open. <laughs> yeah, it was a dental, it was like an old dent, dental office right on MacArthur Park on Wilshire. And overlooked, we had two windows that overlooked MacArthur Park and we'd stay there from like six, seven o'clock at night till one or two in the morning, you know, four or five nights a week. It was so fun. Yeah,
1: but we just, it- well, we brought a bunch of furniture down and a bunch of instruments and we'd just hang out. Whoa. I want to play
0: You Won't Be Missed.
4: you had in all your glory days, yeah the older you get now well the further they fade away till it's like they're gone like they never happened the world keeps telling you you're something that you're not you believe Though cause it's all that you got But it ain't enough Not even close Baby, you better get some new dreams or oh, you might as well dine again Well, you better stop leaving some new Cause I do believe the lies And you won't be missed No, you won't be missed Yeah, you, you just fake and you take So you won't be missed No, you won't be missed I was in rehab with a girl a couple of months she found out she was positive and enough was enough right out the door to the bathroom floor beliefs and decisions reverberate throughout our lives make it up As you go Uh Baby, you better get some new dreams Or you might as well die now, Well, you better stop believing some new things Cause you do believe the lies, yeah And you won't be missed now you won't be missed. I do you just fake and you take, so you won't be missed. Well, you won't be. friends I won't give them back Well, I want them back, I'll give them back now And hey, what's you got me? Just some teeth I can't chew My favorite to for that, ladies
0: and gentlemen. Watch for Pedro show, You Won't Be Missed by The Bicycle Thief. Then Galaxy, I was telling you about these guys. Heaven Channel, uh, Season 2, LP1, Part 1. And then finally, the live version of Serial Song from The Bicycle Thief. Yeah, I was going to comment
2: on, on You Won't Be Missed. I wanted to tell you, like, You know, my mission in life the last 25 years, what has been, like, trying to help people be free, be free like we were free with music, be free of drugs. And one of the things that song is about, how do you get through to someone who's so lost on drugs, right? I myself was, most of my friends were. And I just happened to get in this argument with an addict friend of mine. I won't say who it is, but I say, you know, and I said that to them. I said, dude, you won't be missed. And just to try, you know, how you're trying to break through denial and you're trying to fucking shock them out of their numbed state. And he woke up out of with that statement. And wanted to kick my ass. <laughs> right? Which I knew. Now he's alive. Now yeah. he fucking wants to fight for his life. Now he wants to be honest and real. Great. Right? Yeah, great. Because because when you're on drugs, you live in this fantasy land that you're Jim Morrison or, you know, all this bullshit. And all you're really going to be, what, is dead at 27. That's what you're going to fucking well, that, be. That was Jim Morrison. Right? And everybody else. Yeah. Except you so, miss Burroughs. Yeah, Burroughs just kept on going. You know, one time we were playing in Lawrence. You know what I mean the,
0: that, that one example. Oh, they, they always looked to him. Yes, he he did it. it yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I was I bowed down to him. So a kid, we're playing in Lawrence at the college, and a kid tells me, you know, I know you're a big fan of Burroughs. He goes and gets his methadone at the medical center here at the college every morning. If yeah. you if you want, I'll pick you up and you can meet him. And I was like, What? And and I went and there sure enough, we waited like forty-five minutes, an hour. He comes in with his friend and he's just all dressed to the nines with the suit and tie and vest and hat. And I said, Mr. Burroughs, you know, I just some big fan and I heard, you know, and I gave him a, the Thelonious Monster
0: C D. Right oh. meeting Burroughs right. in Lawrence, Kansas. you ever meet him what? No, no, I haven't. I wish I would have. You know, I liked his art. But, that, but what I was getting at was the lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> well, it yeah. Talking, yeah. I love There's, his art. I love, I love the way that man talked. You hear his spiels? I got hours of it. I play on tour in the boat. It's so great. He used to be a
2: narcotic addict, was treated with a little bit of decency right. and respect. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: Dr. Ben Dr. Ben yeah. That's one of my favorite lines of yeah. all time. It used to be that a narcotic addict was treated with a little, a little bit of this, decency yeah, and right.
0: some respect. Yeah, what's that about? So, so look, we're at the end of the show. I need the last. Well, where can people find you on the Internet? Josh has a fan page.
2: actually.
1: Uh, I, well, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Well, <laughs> there's there's something
2: of yours, Josh. I do, no. Well, I know there's a Bob Forrest. I, yeah, I, I but there Mark is a Bob. Zuckerberg is the devil. Well, the devil. I'm not talking about that. the devil himself.
0: I'm Bob, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your own personal website, like having your own fanzine. And I know there's a dot. Yeah, yeah, there's com. That's right. Nate Potlicker is uh, the man involved. Yeah. That. Look, advice. First, Josh, you. Any advice to people who want to get into drums or guitar or co-songwriting?
1: Uh... Just do it all the time. Just play, 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 play.
0: Bob and mine is
2: there's there's most of us have things inside that need to get out because we're traumatized by them by by things that hold us back and haunt us and and torture us. And songwriting is a vehicle and poetry is a vehicle to get it out of you and look at it and. And, and and analyze it and let it go and be free be free of all this kind of what's holding you back like the the music of the beach boys the music of the clash the music of the minutemen the music of the beatles the music of bob dylan the music of nirvana the music of led zeppelin freed me it freed me and then being a musician writing songs elevated me to being free music is is freedom it frees you.
0: That's great. Both you guys, I love you much. And I'm glad you're here to continue. You are going to make some more bi- uh, Bicycle Thief music together? I hope so. We are. That's great. That is great news. People, it's
3: been the September 18, 2020. Just a for Pedro. Shoe. keep your powder dry.